Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 86, presented by OptumX Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you the latest news from around the ACHA and the CHF. Exciting time. Uh, everyone's getting classes rolling. It's good to be back. Teams got games under their belt. 2023 is off to a flaming hot start. We will get to kind of the, the lead in a little bit here, but joined by Herm and Glick tonight. Herm, we'll throw it over to you first. It's been, I feel like, a couple episodes since you've gotten to join us because of the Comets playing on Wednesday nights. It's really good to finally get back on the pod. The Wednesday night games are great here in Utica because they're $3 beer nights, so we always get a, a raucous crowd for that. We've had a couple of $3 beer night chants break out. Always a good time. I've definitely been missing the boys. It's only so much fun getting to edit from afar and not be participating in the conversation. So I'm really more pumped for this coming weekend with I'm going to say the double header of the century with Cuse and Robert Morris. We'll see it later in, in the games to watch. And then the crunch and comets right after. It'll be a lot of fun. I'll be photographing the Cuse game and then taking care of social and photo for the comments after it's going to be a very very full evening for me that may or may not have me passed out on a couch at Ostrom at three o'clock in the morning for those of you who don't know uh Ostrom is hockey house HQ uh where where Herm has spent many nights I, this will probably be I, I think this is the weekend you you've been looking forward to for a long time though because last year is a little bit easier for you to come up on the weekends and this year with your your new job with the comments it's been a little more difficult but hey I think it's less pressure on me and Glick tonight because because we don't have to be as funny. I think there's more pressure on us to entertain you while you edit later at night when you, when you're listening to it for the first time. So that being said, we'll turn it over to Glick. How are things at Temple? Oh, it's not bad. Bit of a rough weekend down in West Virginia, but honestly, the team just excited to get the spring semester rolling. And for a lot of us, we have 19 years on a team, our final semester of ACHA hockey, and we're definitely just kind of hoping to close it out on a high note. So we're just excited to see what the next couple of months bring to Temple Ice Hockey. Yeah, it is bittersweet. We're getting to that point in the year. We have after this weekend there's only going to be two more home games and then it's you know senior weekend so pretty crazy stuff you know we're getting to that point in the <laughs> it's weird being on the receiving end when the conversation in the locker room is hey let's do it for the seniors and i'm one of those guys like me and my roommates are the guys that everyone's blocking shots for and taking hits and that was the the speech going into the third period down by a goal as we were at class of 23 arena playing drexel and the boys stuck with the game plan and got a goal late to tie it up and won in overtime which was huge because we lost the first night but because we played Drexel four times throughout the year it's the Saturday games that count as the conference games so big conference win in overtime against Drexel it was a, it was a fun weekend down there we actually as seniors you know we, we've been to all these crazy cities to play college hockey and I'm a big like Saturday morning when I get up, I like to walk around, like no matter where we are, just check it out. Last season, Cal Stewart and I walked from our hotel to MetLife Stadium. We crossed a couple of highways to do so. I just like getting up and getting a coffee and walking around and, and you know, it's, it's not often you get to explore some of these places. So we actually got up early in Philly. We stayed in Camden, New Jersey, which is not the nicest place in the world, but we then ubered into the city we walked around and we had a good time we we saw you know the liberty bell independence hall we did all that we walked around got breakfast at reading market which was great did all the touristy things and then went back for the the, the pre-game meal did any of the fellas get a chance to eat the infamous class of 23 arena microwaveable cheeseburger they got a minus two out of ten by ACHA Burgers. There were guys thinking of it. I think they knew that they were in the presence of history, that that was where ACHA Burgers was invented. Nobody was willing to try it. There were a couple guys who, we did a Chipotle team meal, like the catered, and it was great. Like that is an all-time team meal if you're looking to get something catered to the hotel. 
financially. I don't know if it's more expensive or, or not. The portions, like we ran out of chicken and rice pretty quickly, I think. So maybe some guys had empty stomachs and, and they were tempting the burger, but nobody went for it. They were fully stocked in the vending machine microwave are ready to go, but nobody went for it. I will say uh, borderline hospitality from the bar across the street at class of 23. I know some of the, the scratches went and explored there uh, during the warmups and while we were preparing for the game. It sounds like they had a good experience on Friday night and a not so great experience on Saturday. So uh, no free ads for whatever tavern is across the street at 23. Maybe the Drexel guys will have to give us some tips on that. But all in all, it was a really good weekend, Herm. I know I, I've been going on for a while, but I think you were chiming in at some point. Did you guys get Dua Lipa going in the in the locker room afterwards? Yeah, we actually we did get Dua Lipa going in the locker room afterwards. We actually didn't have a speaker for this road trip, which is very hard. It's one of those things where, fortunately, we're not able to keep the speaker in our locker room at the rink at Tennedy. So we keep the speaker in our house. When we go on road trips, we often forget it. And it was a big AirPods kind of game in the locker room. And then after the game, you know, we did, we gave out the jacket. We gave out a puck for the overtime goal that Jack Wren scored. And then we kind of went our separate ways in the locker room. Uh, shout out Sam Hutchinson. He had a speaker, a little tiny speaker in his bag. I got all the boys back in the locker room. We had to play Dua Lipa and uh, get the full experience. But we did, um, I think, yeah, Sunday night, you know, no classes on Monday because of MLK Day, but we went, a bunch of us went to the bar. We went to Lucy's on campus and the whole time we just wanted them to play Dua Lipa. And the, the, like we had, I was walking around the bar with like the Snapchat. It just said play Dua Lipa on my phone. And then I finally got the DJ's attention and he plays like the worst dubstep remix of One Kiss by Dua Lipa. And it just, that that was my signal that it was time to go home. The songs like that, you just got to play the original. Nothing's going to beat it. I think the DJ was trying to be a hero and play some mashup and it was just not as good as the original but enough about us i think there's a huge story that we're, we're really excited to talk about i woke up on what was it sunday morning yeah sunday morning and patrick o'shaughnessy broke the internet his goal for north carolina against virginia tech in a 6-3 win was i i don't even know how to describe it the hardest thing i had when we were putting this clip up is like how do you describe this goal like he's he gets a loose puck. He's in. It's a half breakaway. He goes to deke the goalie. The goalie poke checks. And I actually don't know if the goalie makes contact with him or if he falls before the poke check comes trying to avoid it. And it's kind of like that goal Ovechkin scored against the Coyotes where he is just on the ground and he turns his body and bats it in five hole goalies not expecting it. it goes right between the legs unc posted it first thing in the morning we got up and posted it very quickly pavel barber had reposted the video that we posted great job by the unc media team though because i think when the robert morris goal happened it was just us who had that kind of high quality clip but because unc had such a good quality clip everything college hockey posted their version of it spit and chicklets posted their own version of it howie's hockey they're big fans of our show they posted a clip of it we were talking to them about it and it was was just really cool to see because it was such a good goal there didn't it didn't feel like there was anybody in the comments being like oh this is a joke it's club hockey like the nhl posted it on their account and and it was really cool and that's you know that's all you can ask for at the end of the weekend and as cool it is to do what we do to promote the acha it's really cool seeing other accounts do so on instagram but herm i want to get your take from it because you you were kind of on the content side of it seeing this thing blow up you took my bullet point directly off of my notes which is this only happens with great media and great access this is a high quality dslr on the bench no obstructions whatsoever they have the full clip that they had ready to go and the ability to throw a Gaussian on it if they wanted to post it for reels. This blew up because people took social seriously. UNC followed in the footsteps that NC State laid in North Carolina for ACHA Men's 2. This is an example of 
the ACHA pushing the envelope when it comes to social at a degree that I don't think that we've seen at the NCAA D3 level, which is why we're we're so proud of the reach that this has gotten. Yeah, I think the other thing you mentioned in your notes, great media comes with great access. You can this is from the bench. Like that's why this angle is so good. You know, and if you're a media member and you have the trust of the coaching staff and the players, that's when you'll get great opportunities like that. And it's one of those things like if this was a live barn clip, I don't know if you're able to tell what actually happens in the goal. And Herm, to your our point, like we had a really cool clip out of Adrian this week with Sam Spate. And it's like I, I think a lot of people just can't really tell what's going on in the clip but because this shot is so well done it 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 tells a story right away. It's almost better than the angle we have on the Ovechkin goal from a bunch of years ago. And the anniversary of that goal actually happened the other day too, which is even crazier. I want to give a huge shout out to Patrick O'Shaughnessy for breaking the internet and, and representing the ACHA as well as he did this week. Uh, I want to get to some rankings talk. Herm, I think we've been holding off on this for a while, but I'm going to let you pull the trigger on it because they are hot right now. The Ohio fuck Bobcats, baby. Sweep over Liberty. Read my lips sweep over liberty that is wins in eight of their last nine after the losses to Pitt serves as a complete momentum shifter for the entire season team's a wagon leo's a beauty 614 hockey hooked these guys up with unreal jerseys and they just keep getting better and better i have been holding off because i don't want to jinx anything but these guys are legit a hundred points now for Ryan Higgins, great friend of the show, and I am pumped to see what these guys do at Nationals. Yeah, the craziest thing about this is like I know we, we mentioned on the last episode that Luke Reeve is, is having a crazy year as a freshman in the ACHA, putting up points. And when you see them beat a team like Liberty 7 to nothing, you're like, oh, he must have had three goals. And I, I don't think he scored in that game, which is even crazier that the offense for the Bobcats is getting contributions from everybody. Like I, I threw in the notes, but Ryan Higgins is a great guy. I, I didn't get to play with him or be around him like Herm was at Ohio. But when we met him at Nationals, like he treated me like we had been friends growing up playing youth hockey. And he, He's a really great guy and wanted to make sure we gave him a shout out on the show. One team that I feel like is getting overlooked here, Herm, and chime in if you if you disagree, but Indiana Tech, they're 21-1-1. They've played 22 hockey games and they've won 20. They've played 23 hockey games and they've won 21 of them, and yet they dropped in the rankings this week. They went 3-0, two wins over Cleary, one over Western Michigan. They didn't quite put up Adrian numbers against these teams, but I don't know. It's t- I get the ranking system, but at the same time, it, it feels wrong when a, a team that's ranked wins and they go down. I think with the Conco guys coming on the pod, I, I want to see the, the WAC have a little bit better of a lower tier of competition, kind of closer to an Eshel sort of conference where the entire thing is deep. And I think that would propel them to being a little bit higher ranked. But but absolutely, they're definitely getting slept on by a whole bunch of people right now, myself included. And that was one thing I also wanted to put in the notes, but they don't have the toughest non-conference schedule, which I think is hard because of their location. They play a lot of those teams in the Great Lakes League. But the other thing that was a bummer for them last year is I think they put up same numbers. Maybe not. They didn't have this. They weren't a top 10 ranked team, but they drew that first round game against UCO. And I think that's kind of driven them this year to get that higher ranking because that 
that's when you get like the number seven matchup versus, I don't know, like number 15. And then you got to get a play in game before you play those teams in the top 12. I would like to see that happen because I think that can give them some momentum and nationals to give them a run where you get that one game under your belt. We saw it with UNLV. They were tested early last year against Pitt and uh, it kind of propelled them to go on a run. But speaking of Pitt, we wanted to give them a huge congrats. It's their highest ranking in program history at number nine. Big sweep for the Panthers over Niagara. I uh, was talking with one of their guys in the DMs and they actually said they got outshot a ton in that first game against Niagara, but their goalie stood on his head. You know, it, it proved to help them and they got another close one done the next day. And so those are two teams I've had my eye on in the actual Pitt and Niagara and Pitt kind of showed them who's boss this weekend. And that'll be interesting when those two teams, I'm assuming they'll meet again in the playoffs later down in the road. But I uh, wanted to give a shout out to Grand Valley State. They also cracked the top 10 for the first time this season. I mean, we we want to talk as much women's hockey as we can. Not very many much movement in the women's D1 rankings. Uh, we did see Maryville and McKendry swap spots at eight and nine. But other than that, it's kind of stayed the same. And we did do a kind of a recap of that a couple of weeks ago where we mentioned a lot of these some of these teams have a lot tougher schedules than others. So little movement doesn't come to much surprise on the women's side of things. But uh, we did mention that we, we got mentioned on Chicklets this week twice, actually. The first time came before the Patrick O'Shaughnessy goal when Mike Grinnell, a.k.a. Grinelli, he was on Chicklets Game Notes, which if you're not familiar with Chicklets, they have a new show with Matt Murley and Colby Armstrong, and they kind of just like recap the Chicklets shows and, and chirp the guys. And Grinelli went on, and I guess they do a segment in the show where everybody gets to like pump tires for somebody. And Grinelli was like, I got to give a shout out to the guys in the ACHA. Like the guys in the Acha deserve it. They're grinding out in club hockey. Basically said like, if you are a borderline Division Three hockey player, why wouldn't you look at the ACHA? And he goes on to talk about, you know, Bama's locker room, couple of errors on his part, but we hope someday we can bring him on and correct him on those things. You know, he mentioned that Kentucky plays every game at midnight. They're facing off against Louisville this weekend. He did bring up that. So it was all around huge, huge for the game. And and to have a guy like that who has a platform like that acknowledging the ACHA was awesome. We also saw Anson Carter busting out the Georgia jersey during the NHL on TNT broadcast. That was in preparation for the savannah hockey classic which we'll get to shortly it's huge to see those shout outs herm did, were you able to catch any of the arizona unlv action this weekend i didn't but i did see that arizona busted out some new blue jerseys for the second half of the season what we also did see was in that contest unlv sweeping the wildcats but Jaden ness hitting the gritty on them in their own barn which was just savage we're on the street is that the rebels were very aware and motivated by the prediction that arizona made that went into our game to watch graphic for those who aren't aware we give individuals the ability to call their shots and an anonymous arizona player called his shot that did not stay up on the post for too long the unlv guys uh saw that and it became some bulletin board material and they wound up with the sweep i was able to catch the third period of the second game uh, when UNLV went for the sweep on the bus ride home from Drexel I kind of had ACHA red zone going I was just hopping from game to game on YouTube it got a little chippy at the end but it it was a solid game and and another solid turnout at the Tucson Convention Center but good to see Arizona busting out their new blue jerseys Uh, there were a lot of people in our comments that kind of had a similar prediction of the outcome here but Saginaw Valley State Division 3 Acha team thumped Eastern Michigan a Division 1 team by a score of 9-2 to if you follow the ACHA you know how competitive 
Division Three ACHA hockey is in Michigan, and Saginaw Valley State proved it with a 92 victory over Eastern Michigan, who's been struggling the past couple of years. And I know they're doing great things to kind of turn that program around and, and have greater resources, but this one, I, I, I feel bad for the guys at Eastern Michigan because they just walked into a gauntlet of Saginaw Valley State. That place was rocking uh, this weekend. They call it Death Valley. Blackout, packed house, and the fans delivered. Certainly a huge win for the Saginaw Valley State program. They're catching a lot of people's attention this time of year as we get ready for nationals around the corner. The Florida Gators brought home the Thrasher Cup for the first time since 2015. If you're not familiar with this tournament, Florida, Florida State, Georgia Tech, and Georgia, uh, they compete in a four-team tournament. The two SEC schools face off on Friday night and followed by the ACC schools and then the two Georgia teams play each other and then the two Florida teams play each other. Basically, if you go 2-0 and in this tournament, you win the cup and then maybe there's other tiebreakers to decide. But Florida took care of business. They debuted their sweet new Gator skin jerseys. They defeated SEC rival Georgia 4-3 before clinching the title with a convincing 6-1 win over in-state rival Florida State. But this one was the first time that they played at the new End Market Arena in Savannah, Georgia, home of the ECHL's Savannah Ghost Pirates. Next on the notes is a huge one. We got a lot to cover here, but Alabama is really pushing for an organized effort to bring a rink on campus. And as many people know, Bama is kind of one of the one of the teams I think that gets put on the radar a lot. Grinelli mentioned them in their ACHA video because they're such a big brand, but they do play in Pelham, which is about 45 minutes away from campus. And with the success of their D1 teams of recent years and the success that their CHF team has been having recently, there's a bigger push to get a rink on campus. And we wanted to share some of the quotes that we were able to have. And Herm, I'll, I'll turn this one over to you because you were the one kind of collecting these, but it seems like everybody is all for this. A couple of the quotes from their current students. An ice rink on campus would be great for the community to grow together and for new students and players to join Alabama's hockey team. I didn't even realize our hockey team had to go to Pelham. That's actually sad. They absolutely need a rink on campus. And just as a sidebar, I think we see this so often in the ACHA and the Michigan Women's One response is a perfect example of that. People just aren't aware of the conditions that ACHA teams have to slog through sometimes at universities. Another one says, I used to be a female hockey player and I tried multiple times to get a team together. However, the issue became how far the rink was. The team was never made. And if we get a rink on campus, there may be hope for a future women's hockey team. Please help this come true. And what we've seen with the SEC women's hockey division coming into fruition next year, maybe that winds up being a possibility as they expand some more. As someone who grew up watching hockey, it's sad to see such a great team not get the support it deserves because of the location of the rink. I write for a news source on campus, and I would love to bring this up to them and see what kind of reaction we can help you garner. It's always awesome seeing the student body engaged like that, looking forward to try and make it work. As the sport of hockey is growing into the hearts and minds of individuals in the South, it is imperative for the D1 and D2 teams of Alabama hockey to be able to practice at a rink closer to the university. This will allow more practice times during the week, open rink practices, and overall a better performance of the team as it will have more of a home rink feel and advantage. As a true Northerner and massive hockey fan, this would be essential for hockey fans and Alabama fans alike. I'm all for having a rink on campus. And the quote that I would say that closes all of this out from Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. Just to get a, a quick sample, Glick, how long does it take you to drive from campus to the rink that you guys practice at? Yeah, we have a very similar situation. It's about 35 minutes, but I mean, if the traffic on the bridge from Philadelphia to New Jersey gets bad. It can take 45 minutes in some cases. Some people get stuck to even more. You know, I feel for the Alabama boys down there. I mean, 
really do hope they are able to get a, a rink on campus because trust me for teams that have to travel that far it would make their lives so much easier especially just like off the ice logistically speaking i mean it is very difficult to get about 20 plus guys off campus that far away especially with just like the way campus rec is set up at a lot of schools Part of the reason I think that Ohio has such a dedicated and loyal fan base is because of the physical location of Bird in relation to the rest of the campus. It is directly outside of Baker Student Center. Like you walk out and Bird is right there. It is so convenient for anyone who is a student on campus. There is no drive. There is no anything like that. You can walk. It's accessible. And why it's kind of like a model for the ACHA. I'm just thinking with the recent additions of the new ranks in NCAA Division One, you have UConn who unveiled their new rank, uh, Sacred Heart unveiled their new rank, and you're starting to see these $70 million, $100 million arenas, and they don't have as much seating as they used to. They're putting more into the amenities, uh, you know, bigger, better scoreboards, better locker rooms, better training facilities. I would love to see, and, and I would put kind of LaHaye in that similar situation. Like LaHaye is kind of the same size you see these new D1 ranks being built at. If Bama could get a rink like LaHaye, but like half the seating capacity of it, a little bit bigger than a town rink, but not quite you know, a giant arena and they could pack that place. I think that would be such, I mean, it's, it already seems like it's a really cool place to play college hockey, but that would be an ideal situation. I think it would kind of be like a marquee, you know, and, and you know, it's not crazy to think that Alabama would want to make the jump someday with Alabama Huntsville, uh, you know, being nearby in the Southeast and, kind of alone in the college hockey landscapes. I think that would be really cool to, you know, something similar size of bird with a modern feel of those newer arenas that are, that are being built would be, would be really cool to see. Did want to give a shout out. Uh, he popped up on my for you page on TikTok the other day to Alabama freshman Austin Fink. He has ninety one thousand followers on TikTok. He actually originally went to Alabama as a walk on kicker, but due to some guys transferring in, decided to play hockey instead. And he's been killing it in the content game. He actually did like a day in the life, you know, as one does. He put day in the life as a Division one athlete, and the people in the comments were very quick to remind him that it was ACHA club hockey, and he was chirping. And it's the classic. Like, he wasn't saying anything wrong. He does play division one acha like but they, it was crazy like Herman, like you mentioned the comments saying like i had no idea alabama even had a hockey team the more you know so a guy having like guy like that with a social media following like that who can kind of give a backstory of all this is, is going to help them as well so wanted to make sure we give him a shout out part of the acha red zone that i was watching on the bus ride home from drexel caught a little bit of the battle at the edge uh it was hosted by uco uh with oklahoma midland illinois state oregon and minot state in attendance really cool to see especially in kind of january teams having the ability to play teams they might normally not play was able to catch the end of minot state and uco minot state kind of just was in the driver's seat the whole time granted i only saw like the last 15 minutes of the third period was hoping to see a uco comeback minot kind of slammed the door i think minot state actually got like four or five penalties in the last minute of the game they they play they're down five on three they took a penalty then they took another penalty down five on three and it was like they were just bound to end the game with three skaters in the box thought maybe that one might get a little chippy based on some of the uco games we've we've caught earlier in the year but it was clean till the end um but like i mentioned especially for teams to get that kind of action early on in the semester you're playing three games in three days against high level competition that'll be good for those teams down the road so that leads us to the stick taps herm i'll leave you the, the first one um uh, for this one because I think she did an amazing job covering this event. Yeah, and that stick tap goes to Betsy Timken, who is the team photographer for UCO. I met her in Nationals, and she's just a wonderful individual. We did a collab with her on Photo Spotlight 
for her work on photographing the battle at the edge. She was able to not only cover just UCO, but a couple of the other teams as well. It was really cool seeing some of the Oregon guys share some of those photos, the uh, the Illinois State guys. Really cool. She works so, so hard, gives me so much content to choose from every single week. And it was, it was finally time to give her uh, that full-on spotlight for the work that she had done. Stick taps also to Michael Health. He scored four goals on Saturday against Wisconsin. Oshkosh scoring his 200th career point for DePaul, 100th goal of his career, which leads us to our next one. Seth Cushing, he also recorded his 200th point in a U-Mary sweater on January 15th. They had a weekend series against Cincinnati, which we mentioned on a couple episodes ago. It was going to be a really good test for the Bearcats, and I think they held their own against a strong U-Mary team. But in other news, U-Mary also finally got an Instagram page, one of the biggest names in ACHA hockey, and they weren't even on Instagram. For guys like us who live on Instagram trying to promote the ACHA, it was pretty tough. Glad to have them in, making great content to kick things off. And, uh, another team that's always making great content is Texas A&M. They unveiled a new Aggies jersey. They followed the winning formula. It actually, I thought it was the jersey behind me a little bit, the gray with the crimson and the white trim, but the Aggies in script, it, it, it's a clean look for a team that's already got a, a clean uniform set. And I love I love when teams do the alternate that's a different color than the home and away set. So they got the crimson and the white and now the gray. So a really good touch. And I think when you only have two colors, I think it makes it kind of easy to go with gray as your alternate, maybe like the boys at Alabama did too. So uh, Herm, who's calling their shot this week? We got Frankie Cardinale the third from Maryville M1. He says a lot of soda consumption after some sweeps. Maryville knocked off in-state rival Missouri State and will be playing them again this weekend. Want to give the boys a shout out to at Maryville rocking some sweet first responders jerseys. They had like the the red one shoulder and then the blue on the other for fire and police. They looked like they played in front of a packed house to, you know, a huge sweep over in-state rival. But I think it's time we turn it over to interview this week. Keen State Captain Tony Federeco and goaltender Will Sloan joined the show. Will Sloan, been a longtime Instagram follower, going back and forth with him, wanted to get him on the show at some point. Uh, last minute guest, the boys at Keene State answered the call. So as always, this one is presented by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage your own website. The best part is your first year is free. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, use our referral link at Optimex sports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod there is nobody in the game that is easier to work with there's nobody in the game doing the work that these guys are doing they do all the setup for you and they make it easy for you to customize your own website some teams that are taking advantage of this Nichols college club hockey just hopped on the train UW Oshkosh also hopping on the train and then Indiana D3 uh, is hopping on the train as well after the success that their D2 team has seen switching to Optimex sports so uh, with that we will turn it over to this week's guest the boys at Keene State we're pleased to be joined by two members of the Keene State Owls, goalie Will Sloan and Captain Anthony Federeco. Boys, welcome to the Hockey House. Thank you for having us. Pleasure. We're psyched to have you guys on. Obviously, Joe Nutting came on last year, gave us kind of the behind the scenes of Keene. But I have a soft spot for my guys at Keene State. Growing up in New Hampshire, I played at Keene Ice a couple times. I also played at the old fairgrounds, too. I maybe have you guys beat there. I don't know if you guys ever got to play there as a kid. Uh, yeah, I played there a couple times. It was uh, always an interesting experience. Very cold, kind of like a barn almost. Yeah, definitely a, a lot better of a setup now. But pumped. You guys are doing pretty well to start the year. Right now, you're sitting at number five in the Northeast region. What's it kind of been like this year so far in the first half? I mean, it went pretty well. You know, we started off hot. We got our wins over UMass, Northeastern, UNH, BC, the big rivals. So that was good. Uh, we just kind of got a little bit slipped up on those weaker opponents. So those games have kind of been a weakness for us, but we're going to turn that around this this half of the year. 
yeah, we definitely get a harder schedule this second half. So we're looking to get some good wins, try to move up the rankings, get an auto bid. That's always the goal. Yeah. Like looking at the rankings, I was like, oh, they're sitting at five, like three losses on the year. Like, oh, that's, that's tough. Like maybe in the second half, they'll play like UMass or, or Northeastern and they can make up some ground here. And then I look, you guys have already played those teams. You beat them in overtime and, and you beat UMass at Mullen. What were those games like? I mean, you mentioned it's it's a lot easier to kind of get up for those bigger opponents. Those are kind of the, the heavyweights in the Northeast region. Honestly, just playing better teams. Our team just kind of, yeah, like you said, gets up for them and uh, they're just fast, physical and just good hockey. Like everything you do is, is got to be a good play because if you, if you make a mistake, I mean, they're going to capitalize, but we got a good goalie in that backing us up too so if we do make them sometimes he saves us yeah they're they're fun games because people they they talk about club hockey you know it might be a step down from where i played juniors and a bunch of our, our teammates did too but those games are always good competition and, and pretty fun to play yeah and keen ice is from what i've seen rocking for those especially that overtime win against umass like and we'll get to it in a little bit when people think of club hockey they think of these like big name schools that don't have hockey teams where you guys played a division three school that doesn't have hockey you played a rink that might as well be on campus what are those games like when you play in front of that atmosphere it's honestly awesome i mean our community is not like the biggest community so it it actually helps us because we have so many like youth kids that come to our games and like that just support us they come through the locker after the game give us fist bumps like it's just awesome to see they make us signs and everything so we get a good crowd and then our student section we usually get a lot of students especially at the beginning of the year and then for the big games they definitely come out and support us so it's kind of awesome let's dive into your playing careers early on tony i know you're a new hampshire guy walk us through like where you grew up playing and kind of through high school and, and what led you to Keene state yeah so i started at the bulldogs and then moved to uh i moved to new hampshire from tingsboro mass basically went to play cyclones played a couple of years there got cut went to avalanche for a year played on like their bottom team went and just played like split season monarchs yeah mostly just played lundair high school that's what i was focused on i never played juniors or anything like that my brother went to Keene, so i kind of never really toured any other schools i applied was never gonna go i just wanted to play hockey and my brother dom he loved it here he, he loved the coach he loved the team so i was like yeah i'll go try out let me to here you mentioned growing up in tingsboro mass i'm assuming that you first learned to skate at skate three yeah the blue rink that was always uh <laughs> always an interesting rink to play on i mean most like, like i i played a couple games in that far back rink which is basically an ice box like can't yeah. feel your toes or, or fingers i got to watch my brother play some high school games at the big rink that was kind of it or my younger brother even playing at the bigger rink in high school you know you get dress upstairs and you're walking down through the blue yeah. rink an iconic rink in new england uh slobber we'll, we'll turn over to you kind of walk us through your your early hockey career yeah so i, I started when i was about seven years old i'm from a small town in connecticut called litchfield so there's a, a few programs but nothing really that that high skilled so i played uh youth hockey in the local town team up until midgets and then i went to my high school team where we had like a, a three-team co-op and the first year we kind of struggled a bit second year we went on a bit of a a rip in the the back half of the season, but then we graduated all our seniors. So by junior and senior year, we had like 13 guys on a, a four school co-op. It was, it was pretty rough. <laughs> so we actually, we ended up not winning a game those last two years of my high school career. And we were just getting peppered every time. And it was great for me. Got it. It beat us down. But but all the guys are good. The coach was awesome. I got a ton out of it. So so it was fun. Then from there, I went on and I played juniors, uh, Hartford Junior Wolfpack my first year, uh, Nighthawks second year. And then I went uh, to the EHL my third year for Seacoast Spartans up in Exeter and a little bit of time with uh, the Apple Corps down in Brewster. So let's talk about your high school career for a little bit because I think... <laughs> 
<laughs> I know it's really popular in, in the Northeast, uh, these co-op teams. Like you got two schools who maybe they each have like seven kids. You put them together. Yeah. It's a it's a good hockey team. What's it like being a part of, you know, three, four high schools combined? Like, are you busing to these schools? Like, what is practice like? Like, what, how does how does that work? Oh, yeah, we are, we are in the dungeons, dude. We, uh, <laughs> we skated at like 1030 every night. As far as like busing goes, like everybody would have to drive to like the the core school. It was Chapog. So we all would have to drive there to get in the team bus and then we'd go wherever in the state from that point on. But yeah, it was it was crazy. Chapog definitely had the most kids on that team. But then there's like my school, Litchfield, we had like two or three maybe. Then there's like not a wall. had like one guy. They just had to put him in the co-op because he wanted to play hockey. So definitely an experience for sure. And Tony, for you, you kind of have like the opposite high school hockey experience playing at a big school like Londonderry. What was that like? So our first year, we we had a stack team. We had a lot of seniors, but like that was like one of the funnest years I've had playing hockey. That was good. And then uh, after that, we, we had a younger team. So we didn't make it past the first playoff round, I don't think, throughout my high school career. That was kind of a bummer. But we, we always had good teams. We always battled. It's hard to like BG, Pinkerton. All those teams, Bedford, they're just powerhouses. So tough to win a game against them in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. You guys get to Keene State. When you're looking at schools, Tony, I know you mentioned like Keene State was just kind of on your radar for your brother going there. Slomer, what about you? Like, were you looking at other schools when you were playing juniors? Were, were you starting to look ACHA and that's when you found Keene State? Yeah, I mean, kind of the whole like junior mindset, like looking D3, right, from the EHL league. As time went on, I wasn't seeing games, so I knew that like that was that was very unlikely to happen. I, uh, I started emailing pretty much every school I could find, every D1, D2 club team. <laughs> but then I was actually working at the rink up at Seacoast. I worked in the cafe and I was just, I was panicking because we had like maybe a month left in the season. And I was like, look, going through my wallet and all this shit. And I found uh, our coach at Keen's business card in my wallet that he gave to me like three years before at a pickup hockey game that he saw me at down in, in Northford Ice Pavilion in Connecticut. So then from there, I texted him. And I was like, hey, coach, I like, don't know, don't know what it's looking like over there, but I'm looking to find a spot. And I guess they just graduated their goalie, Carlin Testa, that year. And the kid was a stud, too. So him being gone opened up a position. So it was it ended up working out really well. That's on. And so this was like two years before that you had gotten his business card after a men's league game. <laughs> yes. I mean, men's league is a little bit. So it was like, you know, the the regional festivals they have, like the U15, 16, 17. Yeah. So my goalie coach in Connecticut at Procrease, they scouted that festival and it was the last day and all the coaches were like hanging out and they just wanted to skate around and then play some pick. My goalie coach texted me. He's like, hey, I got this thing going on. If you want to come and just like just shit around, you know. And so I showed up and it was actually me playing against Carlin Testa, who was the, the goalie that graduated before I came in. I think we won. It was like 13 to 11 or something crazy like that. And I mean, but we're playing against like UMaine coach, UConn. Like it was, it was good enough hockey, but it, it was the, the, the concept behind it was just nuts. It was nuts. And, and of all places to figure out like when you should reach out to him, you're at the rinks at Exeter Cafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Cooking fries. Yeah. <laughs> that was a go-to spot playing hockey in, in New Hampshire growing up, the, the rinks. Yeah. And of course now it's like the, what the Bauer and the Vapor rinks. It's basically... Yeah. Sponsored by Bauer. Yep, share the ice with Jack Eichel. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, people don't realize that like these Bauer shoots, it's just a little rink, uh, the back rink at Exeter uh, where Austin Matthews is ripping the twine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Tony, you mentioned your, your freshman year, uh, you originally got cut. What was that like and, and how did you find a, a spot on the team? Yeah, so uh, I did. Try, I went through trials and everything, found out I got cut, was pretty pretty bummed out, went home for a week just 
or not a week, just a weekend. Just kind of hung out and went back. They practiced for a week or two. Coach texted me and he was like, hey, um, one of the kids just tore his shoulder like first week of practice. And he was like, I got a spot if you want it. I was like, yeah, of course I want that. And uh, ended up playing six games. Got to play in the NECA tournament. And I was the best best film guy in the Acha that year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did they hand out uh, end of season awards? Like you were on the the all media team and you you got the film and one of the other rookies got the bottles and somebody else got, you know, the skate sharpenings? No, I wish. We only had like three or four rookies that year and it, we were we were all doing, I was filming, we were switching off. Two of them were like for starters. So like it was me and one other kid just getting nets, getting bottles, getting the film. It was hectic, but we got it done. We got it done. If there was a reward, I think we would have got it. Obviously, everybody goes through that part of their career where they're, they're a rookie and they're doing all the duties. What was like a big takeaway you got from that? Because I think it's tough. A lot of guys, I certainly have a, a handful on my team. They're freshmen. They don't understand. They just went from being a senior on their high school team where they're playing a lot and they're contributing a lot. And then all of a sudden, they're in a different role at the ACHA level. What was that year like for you? It was definitely frustrating at some points, but like I'd already gone cut. So like I knew I wasn't going to get that much time coach asked me to play defense or offense like I played both so it's I mean I really just filled in wherever I could I just tried to help out the guys as much as I could and I think I did to a certain extent I I mean I only played six games but I did good when I was in there so that helps but uh honestly it's just the older guys like keeping like they all hung out with me they didn't treat me like I was like this side piece whatever I was they they were always including me so it actually helped that my brother was on the team too I mean he we hung out all the time. He he coached me through the drills and everything. Like this helps to have older guys push you along the way and make you better. Because when you're playing that competition, I mean, it just it elevates your game no matter what. That shows what kind of culture the team has too. When rookies are like, you know what, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm a part of the team. I'm not just like a, a piece of meat filling waters and doing all this work. So that you guys play, and then Slomer, did you come during the COVID year? Yeah, so right when COVID, I mean, we were, I was up in, in Exeter when COVID like first hit and then I came that following year. That was, that was weird because it was like, we were freshmen, me and me and my buddy Cal, he played with me in juniors too. Uh, we roomed together and so we practiced in pods. So it was like, wake up at like 6 a.m. and you skate in a pod. And I think every pod only skated once a week, but since I'm a goalie, I was there every time. Um, so it gave you like some normalcy, but at the same time too, like none of the boys really knew each other that well. Cause like, it was just harder to, to coordinate that. But I think since then we've done a, we've done a pretty good job turning that around. We had a, we had a good group last year, this year, like you said, the rookies, like, like they're, they're unreal, <laughs> you know, like they, like we give them duties and whatnot, but they don't complain at all. They just do everything right away. And they're great dudes and they're good at hockey, you know, and it helps. They're also, a lot of them came from juniors. So they're, they're a little bit older too. But the culture, it's this this fucking sweet. Yeah, I actually I have this in my notes, believe it or not, but I wanted to give a shout out to two of your rookies. Griffin Melanson, kid from Berlin, New Hampshire. He played against my siblings in high school hockey. I didn't know if you guys had any notes from him so far this year. He, he's just a beast. That kid, like, you'll ask him to do anything. He's playing, he started out on defense, he's playing offense. Now the kid's just a beast. He he grinds in the corner, he's he blocks shots, he'll he'll do whatever, whatever a coach asks him to do. The kid's an animal. And then you guys got John Belisle, which if you, you know, follow hockey in New England, you know, you know, his father, David Belisle, his grandfather, Bill Belisle, legends in Rhode Island hockey and USA hockey as a whole. What's it like having him as a freshman? Yeah, Johnny Hockey, dude. That kid is just blessing the Acha with, with, you know, a great hockey name. He's nasty. He's He's got a lot of skill. It's funny watching him play because you, you see him just like take on three kids and just dangle through all of them like it's nothing. And you're like, Dude, what? <laughs> like, what is this kid doing? 
So it's, it's cool. He's wicked creative too. A really fun kid to watch. Yeah. Definitely makes my life harder on, uh, on defense and practice. Yeah. Might be the best dancer on the team. <laughs> yeah. Rumor has it. Wow. Wow. As a rookie too. Yeah. I can step uh, up. That's impressive stuff. So, hey, let's talk about your kind of welcome to the Acha moments. Tony, you, you can go first from that freshman year. Was there a moment that stood out to you where it was like, oh, boy, this, this is ACHA hockey. I'm not sure I'm ready for this. There's a couple moments for freshman year, but honestly, the biggest Acha moment I had was probably this year, a couple weeks ago. Um, we have a bar locally. It's uh, right down the street from the rink in, in my house, and it's called Panucci's Ale House. Great bar, you guys. You guys should check it out. Hockey House Game Day live from the bar yeah. and grill. They have well, live bar. So now. yeah, that's that's the actual <laughs> moment. We've been going there like we had team week when we were up here. So we'd go like and just hang out talking about like live streaming our games. So they got a, li- a live barn subscription. They live stream <laughs> our games. And every time we score, it's half off Jaeger bombs. And then if we win, it's uh, $2 beers. So I mean, it's it's kind of nuts. I don't know how we swung it, but hey, they're awesome. What's the uh, what's the only other team that gets that deal there? Oh yeah, only other team is the Boston Bruins. So, yeah. so where is this bar? Is it near the rink? Is that why they're big hockey guys? It's like right down the street. We <laughs> go there quite often. We like you know, we just like to have fun. Yeah, yeah. That is unreal. I don't know many teams in the ACHA who have that kind of deal or that kind of pull at a local bar. Yeah, yeah. We uh we we worked hard to get that one. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Love that. Slammer, what about you? When I mean, you mentioned kind of being a, a rookie and having to deal with the pods and all that stuff. But was, was there a welcome to the ACHA moment for you? Yeah, so that, I mean, that freshman year, probably not just because of like the lack of games, but, but my sophomore year, which might as well have been a freshman year, um, we started off pretty hot. We took down UNH and UVM. And there's this this ex-NHLer, if you guys would be familiar with him, his name's Billy Tibbetts. And the guy's just, I mean, he's a wreck. <laughs> you know, he's a wreck. He just goes on rants on Instagram. One of our friends is following him, and he he sent us this clip. I can actually send it to you guys, too, if you want to see it. And basically, he goes on this huge rant about how Keene State Club Hockey beat the shit out of UNH and UVM, and he thinks that we beat their Division One team. And so he goes on this huge rip, and then three hours later, he's just pounding beers and crying on Instagram Live. And so it's just kind of... Kind of represents the Asha in my head. To be fair, this is what happens when UNH <laughs> when UNH wears like the same jerseys. Like yeah, if you yeah. walked into oh, yeah. the rink and you and Keene State was playing UNH, you would think it was the NCAA team because they looked the part. And pretty much UMass does the same thing as well. He either caught word from somebody or maybe saw a video from like Hopkins, our, our video guy last year. And I mean, Hopkins is legit. He can make anything look yeah. like a professional job. I mean, seeing that video and the fans around and how and how hype everything was, I, I wouldn't blame someone for thinking it might be the Division One team. But as you as you know, yeah, we got we got to plug the media team too because that means Hopkins is doing all. I mean, we love his. Stuff stuff anytime it pops up on our feed you know I, i'm sure you guys saw the goal from north carolina this week that ended up on chicklets oh, yeah. and the nhl and all that like when you have a good media team like that good things happen and, and it's not not out of the cards that somebody mistakes it for ncaa hockey yeah. right they're unreal they, they've been they've been a little bit busy this year because the school hopkins has like a job now and then uh the kid berg he works for the school too so I mean, they get paid by the school when they come to our games. It's it's pretty much just free work. So it gains them attention, but it doesn't doesn't pay them anything. So they have to kind of put the, the NCAA yeah. sports ahead of us, unfortunately. So. Yeah, which is a, co- a compliment to their work because I think they, they kind of started right. out as hockey guys with you, you know, and now, you know, they got so popular that the school picked them up. So hats off yeah. to those guys and, and the work that they do. Let's kind of go into to last year a, a little bit. How was the season last year, Slammer? Like your first year in the ACHA, Tony, for you, you, you have a bigger role than you did two years prior 
what was that transition like, you know, kind of getting back into the flow of playing games? It was weird for me, too, because, I mean, like, junior hockey, I was a bench rider. I, I didn't see many games. I had an idea that I was going to be the guy, but we had another kid that came from juniors, too, that aged out that was also solid, so it was really a toss-up. But once the tide kind of turned and I figured out I was going to be the guy, it was awesome to play hockey again. <laughs> you know, like, just playing hockey after COVID and, and all that, on top of that, playing a lot of games, too, and, and winning a lot of games. I mean, it's, it's pretty fun, man, especially here, too, like, like Tony said like the people here love it you know, like we get we get students townies kids like everybody loves coming to the game so it's always a good time yeah i think uh that first game we played unh last year like i was oh, i was shitting bricks in the locker room i didn't play the game in probably like a year and a half two years and uh you walk out and there's like i think we had over a thousand fans there immediately you're just yeah. locked in like that probably wasn't the best hockey game we've all played in our lives but it like to win in overtime it was unreal the most fun for sure yeah the clips from that where it was like oh like you know everything's back like hockey's back yeah right acha hockey's back like we got packed barns like this i have it in my notes but let's dive into the community aspect of it because i think we've talked about it a couple times like you guys clinch first place in the patriot west division and then you guys tweeted out a photo and it's like all the youth hockey kids in the locker room saying hi to the guys they're, they're making signs for you guys they're wearing the keen cobra jerseys their youth hockey yeah. team like what is that like playing in an environment because i think it's really unique in the aspect where there's not many teams in the Keene area, right? Like you have the youth hockey teams, you have the high school teams, and then it's you guys. So there's really, it's it's a tight-knit community. What's that like? Have you guys experienced that before? Uh, personally, no. I've done like community service and stuff and helped out like in high school, but like we've created like connections with kids. We do little Bruins. We do learn to play. We're, we're on the ice with these kids for an hour, like every week. They, I mean, they love it. Their parents tell us like that they have the, like they look forward to coming to, to the rink because it gets them out of school. Like they have so much energy and they come and just hang out with us. Like it's awesome. Cause then we see them at the games, they're banging on the glass or yelling. They're wearing the jerseys. Like they're chirping the other team. It's they're behind the net chirping the goalies. Like it's just fun. It's just a great atmosphere. Yeah. We haven't come into the locker room pretty much every Wednesday. They give us fist bumps. I mean, they, yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's really yeah. Where are these kids getting the Keene State replica jerseys? Are they selling these in the bookstore? Yeah, I know my freshman year, and I think I saw them last year. I'd, I'd have to look again. I haven't been in there in a while, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure we sell them in the in the store. We got to get some new ones in there, though. We, we got we got new, better jerseys this yeah. year. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you guys had, right, the white ones came out last year, right? Yeah. The rookies were, like, sewing the, what were the rookies? What did the rookies have to do <laughs> no, with the socks again? No, this that was me. I was sewing. I was sewing socks before the game because we didn't get Velcros for our socks. So I had to sew like these little like uh, clips to connect to our jock straps. And I was sitting there, my hands were like shaking. Have you yeah, ever done was, any any work like that before? Or were were no. you just how were you the most qualified for that job? Coach tends to just ask me to do these things, and uh, you know I'm a team guy. I'm a team player. So if the team needs J clips or whatever they need, I'll uh, I'll go sell if I need to. It's captain telling yeah. me. Captain material right there, and it starts with freshman year, filming every game and filling waters. Exactly. Don't You're forget your dues. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of the, the community, you mentioned like going going to the local bar and, and they know who you guys are. What is that like too? Because I that's something that, you know, like I played a division one school where like if I go to the bar, no one knows that I'm on the hockey team. Like do you guys like, is it well known in town that Keene State has a hockey team? I think it's well, well known enough. Like the thing is here too, is like, I mean, it's a division three school. Like in reality, our lifestyle is, is 
pretty similar to what a D3 hockey lifestyle would be like. And we don't have a, a varsity team to compete with. So we are the guys. Um, and we do a pretty good job with promoting the games too. And we win. So that helps. When we go out, I've actually gotten like a, a haircut downtown before. These guys were talking about the hockey team while I was getting my haircut. And before they could say anything about how bad I played, I, I jumped in. And I was like, oh yeah, I was like, I'm the goalie for the team. And they were like, dude, like, you're well, like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And so it's funny when you're just like out in town, like doing normal stuff and you're a club hockey player and these people all, all know who you are somehow. So they're getting their hair cut and they're like, yeah, I thought the, the keen goalie should have had that fourth goal last night. <laughs> I had to jump in. I had to jump in before, yeah, before they start chirping. Big road trip coming up for you guys when you're battling for that top two spot in the Northeast or, or any region in ACHA Division Two. You want to get that auto bid. Um, how big is this trip to Liberty coming up? Is this is this the farthest you guys will have traveled for a game? I mean, we haven't gone far. I don't think we really went anywhere last year. I mean, if we made nationals, we went to uh, St. Louis. But uh, yeah, no, this is the farthest I've gone since I've been here because of COVID. I was supposed to go to Dallas, but that got shut down. Yeah, no, 11-hour bus ride. We're pumped for you. We can't wait to play Liberty. I mean, they're obviously a great team. We're excited to see how we stack up against them because we got a lot of we got a lot of work to do and we want that auto bid. You mentioned 11-hour bus ride. Are you guys going to break this up? Are you doing it in one shot? Are you going to put a marathon of movies on? What, what's the game plan for the bus ride? Poker, yeah. movies. We've got some little stand-up tables to put in the aisle. Got some poker. Figure figure something out to do. Share a lot of movies. Sleep. You, you mentioned that the goal is the auto bid. Right now where you guys are sitting at five, you would have to play in regionals. Regionals this year are in Marlboro. I'm sure you guys have both played there plenty growing up. What What is that like? And, you know, the national tournament is going to be there as well. So you guys will definitely at some point down the road have the opportunity to play there yeah so we actually played there this year we played holy cross best rank ever it's like playing on a uh outdoor rink almost like the size wise like the neutral zone everything was just smaller i mean if you play in rink one it's not that bad because they got like the nice rank there but they had the providence bruins playing out of there a couple years ago yeah COVID. <laughs> yeah exactly so i mean if we if they play on that one and a couple of the other bigger ones i think it'll be fine but it's definitely some of the ranks are definitely in uh Definitely going to be interesting. This is going to be some interesting scores this year. Going back to last year's, you guys were in regionals. Keen hosts the regionals like they do every once in a while. What was that like having the opportunity to play on home ice in some big games? It was awesome. It, was, it started off awesome, but it was it was <laughs> devastating at the end there, you know, because we, we got this team, Bentley, who actually, I think they did pretty well at Nationals. I, I didn't check the details, but I've heard they did well. But yeah, this team that nobody really knows anything about has this stud NCDC D-man come in and some kid from the OJ, and, it's, and then their goalie stands on his head, you know? And it's just a team we know nothing about that we outshoot two to one, but they just find a way to shut us down it's yeah it, I mean, it was really cool to have it there though because having that many teams in the area is always fun you know and, and everybody loves it obviously but we, we definitely wish it ended a little differently yeah yeah and bentley was i remember seeing them at, at nationals and they got on the ice and it, they look like a high school team you know everyone's got yeah. different helmets and gloves yeah. like high school all-star team like the the coach walked in before the game and handed them jerseys and socks and they went out there with their normal shells gloves and helmets and I, I was impressed by them. I think they pulled off some surprises while they were down there. I don't. They didn't make it out of pool play, but they gave a couple of really good teams a run for their money. Kind of just looking back on that the experience, does that motivate guys the rest of the way here in the second half? Like you guys ha are on a mission here because you had it in your hands last year? Yeah, I think uh, that's what we've been trying to like. We have a lot of freshmen this year and a lot of rookies, but they've all like bought into it. We've been trying to like just like harp on that like like the season's over like it's over for a while like it's a long season it's a grind and i mean it's it's tough sometimes but like when you get to the nationals and you have 
have that team going that you wanted to go with since the beginning of the year, I mean, there's nothing that'll beat that. So, I mean, we've been just trying to get that onto the younger kids because the older kids know that like it, it sucked last year losing like that. Yeah, and the and the importance of those games against the weaker opponents too, with the strength of schedule and what what that plays a role into with the rankings is so important. So we definitely harper like these games against the like the Sierras, you know, the the, the Providence is like we got to shut them down because if we drop it, it hurts us so yeah. much. It's been a lesson we're all still learning. It, it's really hard to get up for those games, but we got to make it happen at some point. So and a, a big one coming up too, right before it'll be this weekend, right? You guys are making the the trip to Matthews Arena to play Northeastern. What are those games like against the the Northeasterns and the UMasses and the BCs? Uh, they're definitely physical. Usually how uh, those games end up, just sometimes there's a lot of penalties, sometimes it's just physical with no penalties. It's always a good game. It's always fast. It's always competitive. Always some weird bounces. Either way, it's just gotcha hockey, honestly. It's the best way to describe it. Chip the puck off the glass and finish your hits. Exactly. <laughs> That's all you need. Let's talk a little bit about like the functionality of Keene State Hockey. Want to give a shout out to your coach, Bobby Rodriguez. Uh, he's been around the block for a while and kind of like has seen – Keen hockey grow as a whole, not even at the ACHA level, but at the youth hockey levels, building the rink. Like, how cool is that to have a coach who not only was, you know, graduated from Keen State, but is, is kind of running the show at the rink? I mean, that's one thing, too, is like, like, coach is a volunteer. <laughs> he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get any money from the school, and he brings in a shit ton of money to the school, too. So he, I mean, he's really in it for the boys. There's so many things that we get. Like our locker room is beautiful. We get skate sharpenings done every week. I guess we have, we have like a great facility. It's really all due to him. So we have, we have nothing but respect for what that guy's done. One of the like best, nicest guys, he'll, he'll do anything for you. He's a great recruiter too. Like he gets, he gets guys in that need to be here. He, he finds the right people. He, he does whatever he needs to do to make this team run. Same with the rink. Like honestly, our rink is probably one of the nicest we play at besides like the D1 rinks and stuff like that. But our ice is like glass before the games. He, he makes sure that no one skates on it for like 30 minutes before. It's it's unreal what he does for our program. Yeah, he gives us first ice too for practices and all that. Any weird duties he has to do like during a game? Like has there ever been like Zamboni malfunctions and he's got to like, he can't come between, the, he can't come into the locker between periods because he's got to go fix that? I don't know if it's happened while I've been here. Yeah, not since I've been here. Yeah, some of our rookies forgot to put the nets out this year and uh, he's pretty... He's pretty rattled about that one, so we uh, definitely heard from him for that. But uh, yeah, I don't think any any big ones from from here. No, yeah, I, that's awesome. I, I was reading; it looks like the, the the school did a little piece on him and, and his contributions recently. I was reading up on that, but that's that's really cool to see because stability is a huge problem across the ACHA. Is you see teams they're good some years and then they drop off a couple of years later because they don't have. It's tough as a club sport. You know, you're involved in the team, but then guys graduate and you see kind of changes, but with him at the helm, it seems like Keen State's in, in really good hands. Yeah, he he's he's bang on with the the organization of everything. Like I'm I'm the president in quotes this year for the team, but I you know as opposed to what other presidents have to do, I've gotten emails from kids about scheduling, and I'm honestly like, I got you're gonna have to talk to my coach. Like I have you know he doesn't even want me touching that stuff. So he he makes my life pretty easy too. And yeah, he that's one thing too is we know every time we come to the rank, we know what we're getting, and that's that's huge to have that peace of mind. Yeah, that is huge, especially at this level when you're a player and and you don't have to worry about that kind of thing because there's there's an adult in charge doing it. You know the way it's done at some NCAA D three programs, the Division one programs. It, 
and having that kind of hockey ops guy to back you is awesome. You mentioned being the president. I saw at the beginning of the year there was some issue. It seemed like Keene State was cracking down on the word club. You want to ch- chime in about that and the frustrations that that come with being the president? It was a it was a group thing, really, because we like again, like we had to kind of stay out of that. Like we just saw. I wasn't. I live in Florida now. I remember I was just like out in my dog, and and Tony calls me. He's like, he's like, dude. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, do you see this? What's going on? And, and it was it was a wreck. And, and it's sad too, because I, I think the whole reason that happened, there, there seemed to be a bit of an underlying like emphasis on the hockey team being kind of a target. And I, I think it's just because of how much attention we draw. You know, like like you said with Hopkins and Berg, like like these guys get their given the work they do for the basketball team and soccer, all the other sports is unreal too. But I think they've gotten a lot of a lot of attention from the hockey content they push out. We're bringing all this attention to the school, and then. They say we can't use their logo and then our mascots wearing our hockey jersey on campus and we have to make a new logo. It's just like it, the, the the hypocrisy is is there. But, you know, it's it's all business, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a good thing you guys got those new jerseys out now, right? Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Make sure they stay yeah. club on them. Yeah, <laughs> it's the battle that that everyone goes across. You know, you know, across the ACHA. You know, obviously, there's those liberties and the U Marys who maybe don't even have a clue what we're talking about right now. But yeah, it, it is it is tough balancing that because I think club hockey teams get so much more attention than the other club sports on campus just because of the nature of the beast. You know, there's no sport like club hockey. No other club sport in the country are guys taking gap years playing junior hockey and then going to it, getting recruited, getting cut. Like it, what happens at our level is not happening anywhere else but before we go i kind of wanted to each give you a chance to give your recruiting pitch for keen state because i think this is a a really really cool place to play college hockey and i want to give you guys kind of that opportunity to do so before we head out i'd say that if you like blackjack winning hockey games and two dollar beers keen state's probably the best place for you yeah i concur wow wow let's get that on a shirt (laughs) <laughs> yeah send it to Grinelli. yeah, 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 that's, yeah that's, that's something too so we have this yeah listen we don't have a gambling problem we have a we have a winning problem yeah so we have a, there is a casino that's pretty local to us and they, they might have named a drink called the slap shot after us because of just how how good at sports we are yeah you know, multi-sport yeah. Well, the, the casino and the the restaurant are two different places oh yeah oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. we're that popular just, man yeah you're celebrities yeah, yeah pretty much yeah we tried to we tried to ship it down to the uh, the encore a couple times, but uh, never goes in our favor. Yeah, they yeah. just you know they didn't cut it for us. They yeah. just didn't have what we needed. So. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say how 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 far of a drive is that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> how far of a walk? <laughs> it's uh, it's like three minutes maybe. Yeah, yeah. that's what we'll like. In like honestly, with Keen, like you can be anywhere in the town, and you're within walking distance of everything. So like our house is a three minute walk to campus. Uh, a two-minute walk to any bar you could want to go to, a five-minute walk to any restaurant, and the rink is a two-minute drive. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're looking for a school where, like, like everything is just right there, it's a super easy life, it's fun, you know? Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't you come here? It's the best. Is Keen House of Pizza still the go-to spot for pizza? I've never heard of that place. Yeah. Oh, oh no. So it's I guess not, maybe, it's not, maybe it's not Keen House of Pizza. Hold on. I'm, I'm probably Athens, butchering maybe? the name. Athens. 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 That's yeah, what it Athens. is. Oh, so, this goodness. guy... This guy is an Italian thoroughbred, so he hates the Greek pizza. Yeah, I'm just hates, not a fan uh, of the Greek pizza. Like, I, I'll eat it, but uh, Ramuto or Little Zoe's, that yeah. that pizza, that's the best pizza in Keenan. Little Zoe's, is, it's a new place, and it's it's solid. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's, All right. It's, it's good. When I was in high school and we would go, we we, we played Keen in a preseason game 
because they weren't in our division, but we, we played them and uh, getting on the bus, they had the big Greek pizza and, and you're just splitting that. Like, Cause you know, in high school, it's like, all right, we got to order one pizza per three guys. And then it's these giant Greek party pizzas. And yeah, we, we yeah. were just stuffing our faces the whole bus ride home. So anything else? Did we miss anything? I, I feel like people listening, they're going to be experts on keen hockey by the time that we're done with this. <laughs> yeah, and I, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Should we push admission? Like when, when is it rolling admission? Is the, these, these guys need, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah you can get into keen whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, well, one last thing, actually, I'd like to say too, a little bit of an Archer moment. Our leading scorer, Cal Thompson, the kid falls at least five times a game. So if you're, you know, if, if you're looking to go and play somewhere where you're not going to be judged for maybe certain skill sets lacking, you're in the right place yeah, for sure. I like it. Like I say, it's the island of misfit toys. Like everybody's got one reason why they're playing the ACHA. Without yep. that, yeah. they may they might be playing at Minnesota Duluth. And but hey, everyone's got their <laughs> you're close. Everyone's got their. Yeah. I'd um, rather be in the Ocho. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> no place I'd rather be. Well, thank yep. you boys so much for for joining us, and uh, wish you guys the best of luck the rest of the way here. Thanks, Thanks man. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks again to the boys at Keen State for joining us this week. Glick, it's burger time. The people have been waiting. We got burgers to hand out. If you've been watching NFL playoff games like the rest of us, you've got the Burger King theme song stuck in your head. But it's burger time, and the burgers we're talking about are ACHA burgers and the blowout of the week. Uh, who do we got in men's Division One? I'm just excited to bring this segment back. So in Division One, Adrian defeated Western Michigan 13-1, to just barely covering the 11.5 spread. Jamestown also defeated Northern Illinois. 12 to nothing. In Division 2, Kentucky defeated Akron Division's 3 team 18 to nothing, which was the biggest blow for the weekend. And DePaul defeated Wisconsin Oshkosh 12 to 2. In Men's Division 3, uh, University of Michigan defeated Notre Dame 9 to nothing. And Hope College defeated Davenport 11 to 2. Before we go on to women's, I actually want, I want to talk about that Michigan-Notre Dame game because it, it's bigger than just a standard ACHA blowout or anything. These are top 10 teams and Michigan pulled off a huge huge upset and to do it in 9 nothing fashion is a massive statement for a team that was in the national championship game last season and was ranked at nine last week. That's the number two team in the country that they just beat nine enough. That is a statement win right there if I've ever seen one. Well, I hope it's a wake up because I'm riding with the Notre Dame boys, okay? They they have my support. I hope it's a wake up call. I hope they're in Boston for nationals. I hope, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe we watch what we eat in the dining halls. Maybe we're hitting the weight room a couple more times. Maybe too many holiday meals. I don't know, but the Notre Dame boys, I'm backing them this year, okay? And they need to pick it up that hopefully it's a wake-up call for them yeah hopefully they were able to lose all those christmas pounds in women's division one utah faced montana state twice this weekend in the first game they beat them 13 to 2 and in the second game 13 to 4 and women's division two niagara defeated pittsburgh 10 to 1 switching it over to the chfs the gamecocks defeated eastern carolina 10 to 4 and alabama huntsville defeated the citadel 11 to 2 now i have one final question for you gentlemen University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, over under 10,000 total students. I want to hear you guys' answers. Under. It's got to be under 10,000. Herm? This is tough. Like, Unless it's like one of those sneaky D1 schools that sometimes goes to March Madness, and I'm just thinking like over 10,000. That's I'm taking the under. I'm going to take the under. I'm sticking with that. There's I don't want to be a lot of kids Herm. that just go to Wisconsin proper. I know... Ugh. I know there's a lot of there's a couple of University of Wisconsin and then and then things like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over on this. Murph, you are right. They have a undergraduate enrollment of nine thousand students. I mean that is that is still impressive. This what 
Oh, are, are they? Div- I think they are Division One. Yeah, no, they're a Division Three school. They play against Hope College in basketball. That is a seems like a big school. I, I, maybe I'm just used to like the schools in New England, like Merrimack College, that have three thousand students that are Division One. So I, I'll take the victory tonight. Let's get into the games to watch, though. We'll start with Friday night in men's Division One action. University of Jamestown taking on in-state rival Minot State. This one will take place at John L. Wilson Arena, home of the Jimmies. Going to be a big one, the Battle of North Dakota. And then Friday night, we have men's Division One versus men's Division Two. University of Oregon is hosting Utah State University. This is going to be outdoors at the Pavilion, an ODR rink out west. We're getting some action. Beautiful. I think this is in Bend, Oregon, if I'm correct. Gorgeous place to play a hockey game. Very good roof. No walls, so it makes it a really fun place to play hockey. In women's Division One action on Friday night, McKendry is going to take on number one Liberty University. McKendry has kind of flown under the radar, and they're going to have a big test here against the number one team in the country, a team that has not lost a hockey game in a very long time, the Liberty University Flames. And then Friday night action in Division Two, stick with Liberty University. Their men's D2 team is going to take on number one Florida Gulf Coast. Florida Gulf Coast, they got to answer. They lost in a blowout to Michigan State last weekend. They can make up some ground against a division rival in Liberty University. In the CHF, Embry-Riddle is going to take on University of Tampa at Dayton Arena, two of the better teams in College Hockey South facing off. And then on Saturday, uh, we have a a top 20 matchup, Adrian College versus Stony Brook. Stony Brook is making the trip out to Arrington where they swept the Bulldogs last year, right, Herm? Stony Brook swept the Bulldogs the last time they made the trip out to Adrian. So this one is going to be one that you want to keep your eyes on. Number 14, Niagara is taking on University at Buffalo. Saturday night, they are playing this one at midnight, puck drop 11.59. They will be rocking the hashtag stay jerseys as well as playing the game in honor of Patrick Romano, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. But I think this is a game that they had in mind following his death. They wanted to do something big like this. They've been trying to get a midnight game done for a while. I think they got some beer deals, some concession deals, deals for students, all the works. That is going to be one to watch on Saturday night. We'll definitely keep an eye on it, especially a midnight game. Those are always fun and good to be playing an in-state rival like Buffalo, you know, former national rivalry. An honorable mention, a couple ones worth noting, Ohio is taking on Ohio State in men's division two ACHA action. UNC is taking on UNC Wilmington at the Wilmington Ice House. And then on Saturday in the CHF, uh, South Florida is taking on Central Florida. We have Liberty taking on Penn State Harrisburg. Sunday, we have Northeastern taking on Keene State. Those are two of the top teams in men's division two in the Northeast. Uh, Shout out to the boys at Keene State, wishing them the best of luck this weekend. And then of course, honorable mention, got to pump the tires somehow. Syracuse is hosting Robert Morris. We're going to take things downtown at Upstate Medical Arena at the Onondaga County War Memorial. It's a mouthful if you can get it out, but ACHA hockey in an AHL size rink, and Herm is very excited for this one. Just like the rest of the boys, I, I mean, guys that talk about their outfits for this one, walking into the rink, uh, making sure they're they're looking good under the bright lights. We were able to practice there on Monday, which was really cool to kind of get used to the lighting, you know, the boards, the glass, everything that's kind of different when you play at a big size rink. We'll kind of mention that lit in a bit when we get to the question of the week, talking about some some bigger ranks that we've had the opportunity to, to play in and, and shoot games from but multiple games of the week Herm I game so big we couldn't pick one right we are absolutely breaking our own rules on this one a hundred percent we have for the longest time only adhered to one game of the week but 
you can't split these two up. Friday night, we'll start things off. University of Kentucky is hosting University of Louisville, battle for the Bluegrass State at the Lexington Ice Center. This place is going to be rocking when the puck drops at midnight. On Saturday, those those same two teams will meet Saturday night at Iceland Sports Complex in Louisville. The Cardinals will get their chance to host the Wildcats. And then later that night, we will turn our attention to the number five team in the country, the Liberty University Flames, hosting number four, University of Nevada, Las Vegas Rebels at La Haye, Saints versus Sinners, midnight matchup at La Haye. Nothing better you can ask for. It's going to be an exciting weekend of hockey. A lot on the line here. Just to kind of point out, Liberty coming off of tough performance at Ohio. They got swept. They got blown out. They're looking for revenge. UNLV travels to La Haye. They're looking for revenge on the Flames because the Flames made the trip out to the strip in Vegas and they swept the Rebels. So everyone's got a lot to play for in this matchup. Then you turn your attention to Kentucky Louisville. Kentucky beat Louisville earlier in the year in a showcase, but it was the Cardinals last year in the game of the week who stole the show at the Lexington Ice Center. They beat the UK Wildcats. And remember that video went viral of UK. Uh, Louisville retweeted it and was like, What's with the hype video? We beat you guys. The Cardinals followed it up by beating the Cats in overtime and getting the sweep on the weekend. So a lot on the line. And like her mentioned, we try our best to narrow it down to one game, but nearly impossible to do it on a weekend like this. So Herm, I will toss it over to you to let you give your picks first. UNLV sweep, Kentucky sweep, nothing more. Wow, short and to the point. Glick, who are you going with? I am thinking that there's no way UNLV travels all the way to Lynchburg, Virginia, and does not come out the victors this weekend. On the other hand, I think it's going to be a split. I mean, the Iceland Sports Complex and Lexington Ice Center are tough arenas to play against when these two teams play. So I just think both te- both home teams are going to win this weekend. I'm going to hammer the home teams as well. I think after what happened last year, I think Kentucky playing with a chip on their shoulder on home ice. I think they might struggle, though, a little bit. They did play you know they played Akron last weekend who's not a, a great M3 team and when you beat a team 18 to nothing and then you got to go play a rivalry game the next week it kind of reminds me of SEC football a little bit when they play these cupcake games before a, a big game but I think both teams get it done on home ice because Louisville is not going to lose again on home ice after they lost to Kentucky earlier in the year we saw that Michigan goal that Kentucky had they got a lot to play for Louisville kind of hides in the shadows a little bit there's a lot of attention that Kentucky gets for the midnight crowds and Louisville kind of just flies underneath the radar they don't care they love playing at the Lexington Ice Center and they feed off of that energy they like to be the villain but I think the home teams is who I'm going with as well Glick listen I think I think we're a pretty pro UNLV podcast here I think if Liberty wants to be serious about making a national championship run this year. They got to turn the ship around here. All right. Last weekend was tough against the Bobcats. They got to prove that it wasn't a fluke when they went out to Vegas and and swept the Rebels. I'm taking the Flames at midnight this weekend. I think that is a game that is huge, and I think it could kind of lay out the roadmap for the rest of their season based on on how they do. So I'm going to take the Flames for the midnight game and go against the grain here a little bit. But you don't want to know what's not going against the grain is getting a summer job at a summer camp where you have the opportunity to hang out with some kids, play hockey, coach hockey, get involved with whatever sport you want. Working at a camp will be one of the best summer jobs you'll ever have. And we're not just saying that. We really mean it. Every summer, thousands of children from all over the country go to camp for a summer of fun, growth, and friendship. But camps are not just invested in their campers. They're also invested in their staff and provide opportunities for staff members to learn, grow, and thrive too. Camp jobs are from mid-June to mid-August and dates vary based on location. Food, housing, travel stipend, comprehensive staff training, and days off are all included as part of the compensation 
package. Brent from Great Camp Jobs connects college students seeking summer jobs and paid internships with unique opportunities to work at some of the best overnight camps in the United States. They have 15 locations across the U.S. Great Camp Jobs places over a thousand college students a year in seasonal positions. Groups camps are some of the best summer camps in the United States. To learn more, head to greatcampjobs.com. Like I mentioned time and time again, I had a blast doing this last summer. Brent is going to be able to hook you up if there's a camp you want to go to, if there's a sport you want to coach, something you want to do over the summer, they can find a summer camp where you're able to do it because like we said, not just about the campers, it's about the experience that college kids get when they get to be a counselor here. So we have breaking news on the pod with last minute stick taps. UCLA just dropped blackout jerseys. Very sharp looking. I'm going to get a first glance here. We'll give a, a, a live live reaction. I can see it on Glick's phone, but before Murph gives his reaction, I'm going to give my reaction in one word. Yuck. These are so sick. I love just the black, the blue, just so clean, but so simple yet just so beautiful. Clean. I love them. UCLA, I think it's tempting to go with kind of a, a gold jersey, but I think with their blue helmets and their blue pants really pop, I think this jersey will look, look pretty cool. It kind of seems with that theme that we saw Tennessee, we saw the Dallas Stars do... Texas A&M, that black with kind of the neon color as the accent. I think it's a, a pretty cool look. Don't forget the Utica Comets in the Save of the Day jersey. So we do that too. And Utica, I think, was one of the first teams. I mean, Utica did that before Dallas had those thirds. That Back when Utica had green and, and blue as their colors, they would do the blackout with the green, right? That's correct, when we were Vancouver affiliated. And, and speaking of the AHL, that brings us back to our question of the week. Uh, with Cuse playing Robert Morris downtown at the War Memorial, I wanted to ask, what is the biggest arena you've ever had the chance to play in slash shoot in? Glick, we'll turn it over to you as a Philly guy. Did you ever have the chance to skate at Wells Fargo? I did, in fact. During the lockout season, the obviously the Wells Fargo Center was pretty empty. So the our arena decided to let a lot of the local travel teams play their league games there. So I got a chance to play there. Um, it was just a great experience. Got to go down there and get dressed in those really nice locker rooms. I And it was just a great experience. It was kind of crazy just to be able to skate out there. Really nice ice and just to be in just such a big building and playing hockey, just such a great experience. Playing in the big ranks is just, it's such a, you know, getting to walk the hallways where, where guys, you know, just being taking it all in is so awesome. That's what we're looking forward to this weekend. Herm, if I had to guess, maybe the ranks have changed since you've gotten your new job in Utica, but what's the biggest arena you've ever shot at? For me, it's still the War Memorial for the biggest rink that I've shot in. I haven't gone on any other road trips with the Comets besides that or with UCFC as of yet. Looking forward to. I know there's a couple of places on my bucket list that I'd like to hit around the country. Shooting in Cuse is, is a ton of fun. Lighting is is phenomenal. The only downside is that the photo holes are in absolutely atrocious positions. And I've commiserated with fellow Cuse photographers on this that you have to contort yourself physically to try and get any sort of realistic angle for your camera. Murph has seen me do it in the uh, the non-Zamboni corner of the rink where you're like half sitting, half squatting and in like a circus-like position. It's uncomfortable. It sucks, but you do what you got to do when you get good lighting like that. Yeah, and Centene was kind of the same way, right? The, the camera holes at Centene were like in a little bit awkward. It was almost like they were an afterthought. The arena's built, and then they're like, oh, where are people going to take pictures? Like, let's just pull out a hole in this pane of glass and, and go from there. Growing up, the big arena that I got to play in, I played it a couple times in youth hockey and then twice uh, in the high school state championship in New Hampshire, but SNHU Arena in downtown Manchester used to be the home of the AHL's Manchester Monarchs and then the ECHL's Manchester Monarchs, who were Calder Cup champions 
by the way. They be- defeated the Utica Comets. Paul Biznasty, Biznet won a Calder Cup there. So that that was kind of the rink that I, I think it seats 10,000. It's got the ugliest color of seats. It was a fun place to play and, and to get to experience that in high school. Uh, it was really cool. But the Warm World, it's, it, it's exciting. It's an old barn, a lot like the, the odd in Utica. So uh, should be a really good experience. Was at practice the other night and I thought of this new segment. To kind of wrap up the show, we're going to call it picking up pucks. You know, at the end of practice, you're picking up pucks. You're getting down on one knee, putting the pucks in the bucket. You got to rush because the Zamboni's coming on the ice. But you get a couple seconds to chat with the guys. So I, I, while we pick up the pucks here and wrap up the show, Herm, I want to toss over to you. Any any last minute thoughts? Saginaw Valley State has a top five fan section in the ACHA. Changed my mind. Yeah, they, they were buzzing the other night against Eastern Michigan. Glick, what do you got for us? Just excited for the last semester of my college career and as well as just just want to give a massive shout out to all the seniors out there who are playing in their last couple of games of college hockey. Wish you guys all best of luck and hope you guys all make some some last memories. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to the Murphy brothers are making the trip up. The oldest Murphys, Kevin and Joe, as, as many people know, I'm one of seven kids, but nice to have two older brothers. They're making the trip to Cuse uh, with their friend Matt Duber and should make for a really fun weekend and, and looking forward to that. Kind of brings us to the end of the show. So once again, thank you to listening. Anything happens this weekend, be sure to let us know at Hockey House Pod on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, DMs, email, whatever you want to do, find a way. Let us know if it happens. We want to be the first ones to break it, keep us in the loop, and we're, we're looking forward to another exciting week of college hockey across North America. So thanks again. And we'll see you boys next week. See you boys. Yeah.